Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Positive Palette Podcast. My name is Jess, your host, and I am so happy that you're back with me for another episode. It has been a little over a week since I last recorded, so thank you for your patience. It is now Tuesday. And the reason for that was we kind of had a really busy weekend with my little one. We had play dates, we had a whole day at Six Flags in the freezing cold, but it was super fun because it was for our holiday in the park. And then we had a birthday party to go to, we had family come over one night, and there just wasn't really a good time this weekend for me to record. Plus, I really like to feel inspired before I just start talking. So today, I actually am inspired to talk about love, 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 love. I want to talk about how to manifest the perfect relationship or your soulmate or just the perfect companion for you right now and how you can use the law of attraction and manifesting techniques in order to do that and also how I did that. So I have been with my now husband for a little over four years now. His name is Brian. Shout out to Brian. And we met a little over four years ago. We dated for a long time and we lived together mm, a little over two years now, I believe. And we actually, on a whim, we didn't get engaged or anything. I guess we were engaged for like a week, (laughs) but on a whim, we had always talked about getting married and my whole life I was never really sure that I wanted to get married um, because of the traditional marriages that I saw and I didn't want to lose my identity and that's a whole other story but at this point I knew that this was the person I wanted to be with and I knew he was my soulmate and it's funny how things change. (laughs) Suddenly I found myself just really wanting to cement things in a way and commit and just move forward with our family and we were already kind of living like we were married there wasn't anything really different other than legally but it is funny how things have changed just slightly after having that piece of paper and that certification and vowing ourselves in front of everyone so I never really wanted a big wedding and like I said we weren't engaged so we kind of just talked about eloping for a while I really wanted to just run off with just the two of us and just get married and then tell everyone later. That's just kind of my style. I didn't really want to spend a lot of money on a big wedding. I felt like it would be completely inauthentic because I don't really like going to weddings all that much, to be honest. And I just, whenever I see them, I just think about how much money was spent on this one day. And a lot of times people go into debt over them. Or a lot of times people aren't very authentic to who they are in their weddings. And they're kind of fancy smancy. And... I just really wanted our day to be about us, to be relatable, to represent who we are as a couple and who would be moving forward. And I had really nothing to prove. I didn't want to show off or, I don't know, I didn't really need that whole big center of attention day. But what we did end up doing is we live in Milwaukee and we, about a week and a half prior, decided let's get married in a courthouse in Chicago. And the reasoning for that was I love Chicago. You only need, in Cook County, you only need one day. So you can go the day before, apply for your marriage license, and then get married the next day. Whereas in Wisconsin, I believe it's like a week or several days. 
And I really just wanted the feeling of getting away for a little bit, but also not too far. So the people that we did invite could make it on short notice. And it was amazing. Um, about a week and a half out, we told a handful of people. We could only have 15 people in the room. So I had a few of my friends, my aunts, my cousins, and then Brian invited his mom and his sisters and, of course, their husbands and their babies in tow. And everyone made it. <laughs> it was pretty amazing, especially for such short notice and for people having to kind of move around their schedules a little bit to make it. But they did, and it was really amazing. Um, it was really low-key. It was exactly how we wanted our day to go. We spent the whole weekend there. My little one loved it. We even, after we got married, we went back to the hotel. Well, we had a private brunch, but then we went back to the hotel and we hung out for a little bit. And we went down to Navy Pier, went on Centennial, or um, we went to Centennial Park. Then we went to Navy Pier, we went on the giant wheel, and we did all sorts of stuff with her, and she was just elated. She was so happy. She loved it. And the amazing part about that is our venue, as I like to call it, cost us $10. Because getting married at the courthouse... It's $60 for the license and $10 to actually get married there. So all in all, I just think it was such a wonderful time. And yeah, so I just want to talk about what things were like before I met my husband. So I was in a few long-term relationships. So I'm 30 now. So I probably did it for what, like eight to 10 years prior. And throughout high school. Throughout high school, I didn't really date that much, but after high school, I did. And I had a couple of long-term relationships. And then I was dating people on and off after that. Nothing, like, too serious, I wouldn't say. But I just found the whole thing kind of frustrating. And I didn't have a lot of hope for it. The relationships that I were in weren't the healthiest. And looking back, of course, I'm not. At the time, it's really easy to just blame the other person for everything. But then once you grow and mature and you're a different person, you can look back and see how you also contributed. So it just, they weren't good matches, let's just say. And it was toxic. And there was a lot of fighting. There was a lot of control and jealousy. And just all sorts of things that I thought relationships had. Like if someone loves you, they're going to be jealous of someone else. Or they're going to be kind of possessive. Or they're going to want you all themselves. And... It sounds really gross (laughs) now to say that out loud, but being really young, that's what I thought. And growing up, I didn't have any great examples of positive relationship role models. Um, I never met my mom, and all I knew about my dad and her was that it was a really rocky relationship, and I just really didn't see any good, lasting married couples. And I think that's part of the reason I never wanted to get married, because I didn't want to feel stuck I didn't want to fight with somebody all the time. I didn't want someone controlling me. I didn't want to change my name. I didn't want to do any number of things that I thought had to happen if you were married. And here I am, and I feel completely free and happy. So it's possible. But yeah, so after those long-term relationships fizzled and burned, and then I was dating other people, it was just, I just felt kind of stuck like certain people would have aspects or qualities that I was looking for or they weren't emotionally available or they 
were also very heavy drinkers, like seven days a week. And at the time, I drank a little bit more than I do now. Well, I drink a lot more than I do now. But it was mostly conserved to like the weekends when I was like bartending and working. And the people that I was, a lot of the people that I was dating would just go out like every single day of the week. And I'm like, man, I don't know how long I could deal with that, especially being a mom and having my daughter all week and being present with her. Like you have to think about it when you're a single parent and you have to think not only about yourself and what you're looking for, but you have to think about who you're bringing into your child's life. And would that person make a great step parent? Because if they don't want to be a parent, like you can't honestly end up with someone like that because that's kind of a role that happens naturally. If you're going to be together for a long time and you have children, that person has to be okay with that, but they also have to be involved. And it's kind of asking a lot, but at the same time, it's your responsibility as a single parent. And so I felt a lot of pressure and I never introduced my daughter to anyone that I was dating. And then finally, I did introduce her to someone and just as like a friend, cause like he had a child too. So we like had a play date and stuff and she hated him. <laughs> she would just like scream. And I was like, huh, I wonder why. So I ended up breaking up with him and it turns out that he wasn't a great person. So yeah, the intuition of children and dogs cannot be overstated. I completely believe in their first instincts. It's things that we don't pick up on. It's energies. They can just tell. So anyways, fast forward to right before I met Brian. All this time, I wasn't really, really looking for like a husband and everything. I was just trying to find a good like long-term boyfriend or someone that would like make me happy. Not like I couldn't make myself happy. And of course, that's my responsibility, but just someone that I would be happy to be with. And then right before I met him, I remember just being fed up. I don't remember why. It might have been an interaction that I had, but I just remember thinking, that's it. Like, whatever I've been doing and whoever I've been dating and whatever I've been going for on repeat just isn't working out. It's not what I want. So I'm done. I'm done for everything that I've been looking for, for this specific type of person that I keep dating on repeat that just ends horribly or it's just not a great fit. They're not kind. They're not fun. They're not caring and authentic and trustworthy and all these things that I really care about. So I gave up. And then I remember shortly after giving up, probably couldn't have been more than 48 hours later, I met Brian. (laughs) And I just always tell my friends that who are just always dating and on Tinder and Bumble and all this stuff. And I'm like, just, just stop for a minute. Like once you give yourself that space and you stop trying to find someone and trying to force it, I really believe that that's when something great can come through. And that's what happened for me. I remember thinking about the qualities that I wanted. I really sat down and thought about it. I realized all the mistakes I had been making with past relationships and the things that I was going for just didn't match up with what I wanted long term. So I walked away from all of it. And then I decided I'm not going to date anymore unless all of these deeper core qualities are met and then that's when I met him so I thought I would do a little list of the things of the qualities that my perfect guy has right now and I'm really bad at being on the spot but once I get into a flow I can just kind of talk but yesterday I remember we were talking 
and I thought we were like joking around and he asked me why I wanted to marry him and I kind of like froze because (laughs) I don't do good on the spot like that once I start thinking and I start making lists or I start talking about something then I can go but when I feel like I'm on the spot and I'm not going to say the right thing I don't really know what to say so today I actually did think about it and I have quite a long list so bear with me But I just thought this would be inspiring coming from someone who had not only toxic relationships, but a long string of not only just being single and being like depressed about my relationship status and just having a horrible experience in general um, dating and then seeing how things can completely flip because my life is completely different four years later. Granted, a lot of that is also what I've done internally. I've changed as a person like night and day. And I'm very proud of it. And I continue to want to grow. But also a big part of it is that now we have this little family in our house and we have our dogs and we just, our life is just so different. It went from me being with my daughter and just kind of going through the motions, but doing things by myself. And it was kind of sad because you want to have someone there when you go to like a concert for your kid or when you when you pick them up from school and you want to talk and play and eat dinners and stuff. And it's, it, I did want someone else there with me. I wanted a partner to share that joy with, and I didn't want to be completely alone. And I wanted her to have that dichotomy of having two parents in the house and just feeling like safe and secure and having someone there all the time. And so now we have that. So here is a list of the things that I love about my husband. So for one, he's very, Everyone that knows him would say that he's funny. I always say he's not, just to mess with him, but he is. And he's just very silly and sarcastic. He doesn't take anything too seriously. And I think our our personalities work really well because, like, in public, we're kind of silly, but at home, we're, like, super silly. And we'll just both do, like, stupid dances or, like, I always have different characters and stuff. <laughs> and it's really hard to describe but we're just both super goofy. And especially with my daughter, she just can't take us seriously sometimes because we're so silly. But I love that. And I think that life should be playful. And I would be so miserable if we weren't like this because we can just spend hours just laughing about something that I'm sure if someone else came to the situation wouldn't really understand what was going on. But for us, like we're having a great time. And that can be, it it could be like a Monday night at nine o'clock when nothing's going on or we're just sitting on the couch, we could be like cracking up laughing. And that's what I want because that sort of thing doesn't go away. The way that people look and what they might have and where they are right now will definitely change. But who someone is at their core most likely won't change. So if you already have that kind of connection and that playfulness and that fun from the beginning, then you can do anything. And I'm really excited about that. I've never had a relationship like that where we were so silly and fun and just goofy and felt free to do and say whatever I wanted and like it was okay so that's one thing another is he has just an amazing patience about him that I don't have I'm a little patient but he's extremely patient with everyone and he doesn't get antsy about stuff I get impatient about anything I'm excited about, whether it's positive or negative. I just want, if I know something's impending, I want it to be here now and I can't like wait. And he can wait forever and he doesn't care. (laughs) Like if I buy a gift, you're getting it the minute I get out of the store. It never gets wrapped. I get so excited. And he could hold on to something for months 
and it wouldn't bother him at all. But he's also very patient in terms of dealing with other people. He's patient with um, Alana, with me, with the dogs, with our friends, with people in general. And I really admire that because I think that's something that I want to pick up on more since I'm not as patient. (laughs) I'm trying, though. He's also extremely kind and affectionate. Um, He's probably one of the kindest people that I know or I've ever met. And he's very selfless. And he's very affectionate, which was something I was a little caught off guard by when I first met him because he's very open with his words. And he was always very, like, um, open with giving compliments and saying exactly how he feels and saying things from the heart. And I've just never been that way. It makes me very, like, uncomfortable. And I get kind of stuttery or, like, anxious when I think about saying stuff that I feel. I kind of just feel things or, like, show them, but I don't always say them. And so I thought that was amazing. And he's just – it's just, like, the little – acts of affection like all the time like he's always hugging you he'll give you kisses he'll like he'll like caress you or whatever and it's just it's all those little things that I think a lot of people miss out on and it means a lot and so yeah he's very kind and affectionate he's extremely responsible he's more responsible than I am I know that for a fact I get excited about everything and I always want there to be some sort of like adventure quality to stuff and I'm always kind of like a living in a na- in the now and worrying about the future later kind of person, which can be good being present, but also yeah, I'm 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 a little less responsible than he is. He's he has his stuff together. Um I always take care of myself really well. I've always been in a good place, but yeah, I guess I don't think things through as much as he does. He definitely thinks more than I do. I kind of just do or say whatever comes to my mind. So yeah, Um, he's very committed. And especially with being married now, I just feel like this like overwhelming sense of commitment between the two of us. So I literally have no concerns. Um, We don't really fight. I mean, of course, there's been times where we've been like crabby at each other, but it's typically because I'm really awake and he's kind of sleepy and he gets annoyed with me. Just silly stuff like that. But Yeah, I've never felt, like, so secure before. I've always felt like, ooh, if we have that fight, like, maybe we're going to break up now. And I don't feel that way now. I feel very – I feel like our relationship is very strong. And once he makes a commitment, he sticks with it. So he's committed to us, so he's not going anywhere. I will also say one of the best qualities is that he has always been just incredible with Alana – and she is obsessed with him. And that was one thing that got me once we started dating was that I, like, never introduced her to anyone. Like, even friends. Like, I'm not just talking about, like, people I dated. I just mean, like, in general. I was always super protective. Never had babysitters. Rarely introduced her to people that she didn't know. And that was just my own, like, mother bear quality. But when I met him, literally less than a week after I met him, I thought it was a good idea to introduce them. <laughs> And looking back, I'm like, why did you think that was a good idea? But there was something about, like, him, and I just, like, it was an instinct. And she loved him from the get-go, and their relationship is wonderful. She loves him. She asks where he is all the time. She always wants to play with him. She's upset when he's not home or if he's at work. She asks how long he's going to be. She just she just loves having him around. Um, 
and he's just a wonderful stepdad. He's a great dad to our dogs, great dad to our little one, and it's really amazing to see. But yeah, that was the most important quality I was looking for as a single mom, and it's amazing how he's stepped into the role, considering that Alana's not his biological child, and just how wonderful he is, even though he had like no experience with children beforehand. He's learned a lot. (laughs) He's still the more fun one. She definitely thinks he's more fun. And he'll play hide and seek with her anytime that she asks, which is her favorite thing in the world. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just really amazing. Also, he pokes fun at me a lot. So I don't know how I feel about that one. (laughs) Just kidding. I like it. I think it's fun. Um, I think it's good to have someone that keeps you on your toes, and I kind of like being made fun of. It's, it's part of our, like, silly traits. We're always poking at each other, never too far, and if it is, like, of course, we'll apologize. I didn't mean it to be hurtful or anything, but yeah, he just, he always picks at me and makes fun of me for good reason, and it's just funny to have someone, like, not only call you out, but also, like, playfully poke fun at you. Um, he also cares about the world and about animals and this was super important to me went vegan about two and a half three years ago now and we actually went vegan together at the same time and I think that's really amazing I introduced him to a lot of the material that I was consuming at the time in terms of like documentaries and like research and things like that and books and he completely took to the information he understood it and just like felt as compelled as I did to do something about it. So we're both plant-based. We have been for a long time. Neither of us were sure if we could actually stick to it in the beginning, but it's amazing to have someone who cares just as much as you do and who sticks to the same lifestyle that you do, even though it's not the easiest in the world. I think it's pretty simple, but of course, like when you go somewhere else, someone else's house or you go out in public, it's not super easy to eat plant-based. It's getting better. It's 2019 and there's a lot more choices out there. But yeah, I mean, that's huge. Like now with how with how invested I am in animal welfare and the environment and my own health and how good I feel after being vegan, it would be really weird if I were out in the dating world and dating people who lived off of like burgers and cheese and all this stuff because I don't know. Not just because I think that so much change or anything, but I'm just in such a specific place and I believe certain things and I really care about not harming animals and about what we're doing to our planet and also how it can help change our bodies and our minds that it would be difficult to date someone who wasn't on board with that. So yeah, props for doing something that isn't simple and for caring enough about it that you stick with it because it means a lot to me. Also, a few more things. He does things that he hates because I love them, like going thrifting, watching cheesy Christmas movies the entire month of December, playing Skippo every day, taking me to Barnes & Noble while he just (laughs) wanders around aimlessly, um, doing meditation with me occasionally because I know he's not fond of it, he also takes our dogs out all the time. He takes out the garbage all the time. He reaches things that are high up for me. He carries the groceries in. It's all the little things that are like a pain in the butt for me. 
and it's like a huge relief for me that he just does them and never complains we never have that sort of like tit for tat thing going on in our house like I don't even know I I have no concept of like how much I do versus what he does to be honest like if the dishes are there one of us will do them and it that's it (laughs) like I don't go back and say oh well I made dinner and I did the dishes blah 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 and he never holds it above my head if he does them like three days in a row. So that's just something to think about in your relationship is that you're supposed to be partners on the same team and equals. And if you nag someone or hold things above their head or make them feel like they're not doing enough in comparison to you, it's really just going to make them feel like shit. And that's not how an equal partnership should work. Just try for a while to like let them be who they are, and do the things that are important to you. If it's important to you that the dishes are washed every morning, then do them. You do them and let it go. Because I'm sure that your partner is doing things that you're not acknowledging. So just acknowledge when they do do something that helps you out because it's wonderful and it takes a load off of you. But also don't hold things above your partner's head. It's not worth it. In the long run, would you rather have a happy relationship Or would you rather have the dishes done equally on a schedule? (laughs) I choose the more freedom, the more relaxed way of we're both adults and everything gets done one way or another. And sometimes one of us is more inclined to do things and the other person needs to rest and that's okay. Just get over it. Another thing is that he indulges my obsession with rubs, with foot rubs, back rubs, touching my head. Pretty much every night. It's my favorite thing in the world. And I know he doesn't like it, but he still does. So thank you. Um, Another thing in terms of values is we're both pretty minimalist. Granted, that is a term that is like a complete spectrum. If you came into our house, you wouldn't really think that we're minimalist. Like it's not like we only own like one chair and like two saucepans. But in the grand scheme of things, our house is pretty small for having two adults, a kid, and two pretty big dogs and we don't own probably probably own like a quarter of the amount of things that an average household would hold for this many people and that's okay with us it's really simple here and neither of us is really that concerned about like designers or brand names or like having the latest technology or I don't know just having things new all the time and shopping and collecting new things and new shoes and clothes and sunglasses and you know you can just get really caught up in that materialist mindset and neither of us is like that and I love it we're doing a giftless Christmas this year we're both really happy about it it feels good Um, our daughter is being raised with the same values which is amazing because she doesn't even want anything for Christmas she has like one toy on her list and that's all she really wants and it just it's nice It's not that we don't want wealth, we do, but we want it for a different purpose. We want it so that we have freedom and so there's more opportunities and we can do what we want in a day and also be able to travel and things like that. It's all about experiences and not so much about having things. So that is one value that I'm very glad that we share. He is also extremely ambitious. He is entrepreneurial and has large goals. He's always working on some project. He's freelancing. He works at an agency. He has businesses 
that he's been working on for a long time. And I just know that he's going to achieve great things. And I'm glad I get to be there for it. Also, we can talk about anything and everything. Sometimes it's silly. Sometimes we'll talk about bigger topics like parenting, politics, religion, economics, families, the environment, animal welfare, etc. So all those kind of topics I never want to bring up with people that I don't know too well or that I don't think we're on the same page. And it's really nice to be able to bounce ideas off of someone and just discuss things that are interesting to me, not just surface level small talk. It's really nice to sit down and really get to know someone on a deeper level. He is also extremely supportive of me in every single way. He's very encouraging. He pushed me to do the podcast. (laughs) He pushes me to advance my juice business. He always encourages anything that I'm interested in, whether it's yoga, like going to a yoga class, he'll tell me to go. It doesn't matter what it is. Like, I know that he's there for me. And if I explain why I want to do something, then yeah, he's going to tell me to do it. And then also, he is really good looking. So that's a plus. And most importantly, he 100% has my trust, faith, and loyalty. So I haven't ever felt this committed, secure, or satisfied before and fulfilled in a relationship. And I'm not telling you this whole list just to humble brag or to make you feel bad or anything. I'm just saying that there is a clear contrast between where I have been in my past and where I am now. And those changes took place in a very short period of time. Like, as soon as I said I was fed up, two days later, I met my future husband. And things weren't perfect to begin with. There was a lot of growth that needed to happen. And, of course, like, when you bring two lives together, there's there's things that you have to sort out. But, yeah, at the end of the day, we spent almost every day together since then. And now we're in a completely different place. And I can't wait to see what we'll be in another four years. So, let's talk about steps to manifesting your dream partner. So, one... Let's first talk about getting clear on your current relationship. If you're in one, are you single? Great. Stay single for a little bit. Get to know yourself. If you're in a relationship, should you leave? That's not something that anyone else can answer for you. That's something that you have to be able to answer for yourself. And you know deep down in your heart, when you're being honest with yourself, if you should leave or not. You know if it's a positive influence on your life or if it's draining, if it's going somewhere or if for the time being this is just something to numb you. I've been in relationships where you stay because it's easier than leaving. Even if you're not happy, you don't have to go through that whole dramatic breakup and or moving out or like losing your group of friends or family or whatever it is. So yeah, a lot of times the right choice isn't the easiest. But if you're serious about finding a relationship that fulfills you and makes you happy and helps you grow and helps you become the best version of yourself, then you really need to get clear about this. And if you're thinking about manifesting your dream person and your current relationship is nowhere near that, maybe it's time to think about leaving. And it doesn't even have to be a negative experience. You don't have to place blame because it just means that it's not a good fit. And that way you're freeing up the other person. It might seem cruel in the beginning to break up with them, but in the long run, you are freeing them up to have open space to develop themselves and to find their true soulmate or ideal partner, whatever you believe in. 
But if not, then you both are going to make each other miserable until the end of time. (laughs) And life is way too short. If you are unhappy in your current relationship, marriage, I don't care if it's a marriage, if you're dating someone, whatever it is, if you are unhappy, and it doesn't matter whose fault it is, but if you are unhappy, you need to leave. End of story. If it's not fixable and it's, it's making your life miserable and difficult and making you feel small and you don't have a lot of self-worth or self-esteem, if any of those things are happening, you need to leave today because you aren't guaranteed to be alive tomorrow. And I know we don't like to think about death, but that's the only thing we have in common is that we're all going on this path together and none of us is going to continue this current physical life forever. It's going to end. So it's your choice how you want to live it. And I just don't want to waste mine. And I don't think you want to waste yours either. You don't have to. You, de- you deserve to be happy and you can be happy. But first you have to believe that it's possible and that you deserve that. Next, after you break up with your boyfriend, <laughs> just kidding, but after you get clear about where you're currently at, recognize patterns in the people you've dated before. So typically, if there's something in your current relationship, like let's say you're getting cheated on or something as dramatic as that, or there's abuse, chances are you may have seen that in partners prior or even your parents. Most of the time, we end up dating someone that reminds us of one of our parents, usually the opposite gendered parent, and we go and date that person. And even if it's unhealthy and incompatible, it's comfortable because that's what you've seen. And if you haven't seen anything else, you're just going to keep replicating that over and over and over. And the only way to stop that is to recognize it, to call it out, to see it for what it is, and to stop the cycle. So, do you see a pattern in the people you've dated prior? People you married, people you've been seeing, married to, even in your parents? Like, do you see any sort of specific patterns of behavior, of qualities, if anything? Because that's very important. If they're positive, then I guess you don't have a problem. But if they're negative, then you need to evaluate that because chances are if you leave that person you're with now that's cheating on you, the next person you go for will do the same thing because you have that energy around you. You're attracting that specific type of person to your life and the energy that you're giving out says it's okay to do that to me and it's not. And you need to realize that you deserve better than that and just recognize the pattern and decide today that that's over. You're done with that. Step three, make a list of qualities you wish for in a future mate. And be sure that most of them are about who they are and not what they look like or have. Because what someone looks like is going to change. If they're super hot now, guess what? They're going to age. Skin's going to fall. Stuff is going to happen. Hair's going to turn gray. It's just a fact of life. And that's if you're lucky enough to live to old age. So it's not a bad thing. But looks can't be something that are your number one priority. What they have can change as well. And that doesn't really say much about who they are, what they're doing, all of those things. Like Those are important. But at the end of the day, you have to make sure you're looking deeper than that. Because you want to look inside 
to the core of who someone is and what their values are and what they believe in, what they want from life. And if that doesn't match you, then it's not a good fit because someone's soul doesn't change or at least it doesn't change very much. Whereas all the other external things can change at the drop of a hat. You know, you might be in love with this guy just because he's rich and because you think he can provide a good life for you. But who's to say the market doesn't turn or he could lose his job or pick up a gambling problem or something could happen and all of your financial security is gone? Do you still want to be with that same same person if they are not able to provide for you? Because being with someone means a lot more than just taking. You have to be able to give and take and it has to be symbiotic. So don't go looking for someone to take from them. Also think about what you can give of yourself to the relationship and in what ways you need to align with them. What are you super passionate about? What are your non-negotiables? Um, just really get clear on those things because it doesn't matter how many dates you go on with someone. If you have vastly different beliefs about something or if you want five kids and he wants zero, you cannot get into a relationship expecting to change him. Because that's not fair. So be clear about it at the beginning and know what is a must-have in a partner. And then just don't deviate from that. Don't keep going back to the same kind of guy because he's a smooth talker. Because you know how it ends. And you're smarter than that. Number four, write down why each of these qualities mattered to you. The list that you have before, go back and look at each one and get clear about why they matter and why they're important to you. So don't just say, I want someone who's generous. Say why I want someone who's generous. Because it's important to me and I want to spend my life giving back and I want to start a charity someday. And it's really important that my partner feels the same and will be in on the same path with me. That's a reason. But if you just say things just for the sake of saying them because you think it sounds nice, it doesn't really mean anything. And no one else needs to see this list but you. So just be honest. Step five, ask the universe and be open to receive. So once you got very clear about what you want and why, take that letter, fold it up, and put it somewhere safe. Don't obsess about it. You've already asked. You were clear. And now be certain that you're going to receive. Number six, focus on yourself. Who would your dream person be attracted to? For example, if they're ambitious fulfilled and have a full social life and plans for a family someday would they really want to be with someone that has no goals and that does nothing but party all the time so you have to be the best version of yourself to attract the mate that you're looking for you can't be a a blob who's just waiting for someone to come in and fulfill them and make them happy you have to be willing to work on yourself to be the best version of yourself, to have your own interests, to have your own life, to be happy by yourself before that other person can come in because otherwise you're just going to drain them. <laughs> you're going to leech onto them and their life and you're going to mold into who they are and dress like them and do all the things that they want. And nobody wants that. Somebody, you want to be with somebody who is their own person. Granted, you come together in a union and you might become really similar to each other but you never want to just mold into one it's not interesting and it's it's boring 
And if the person that you really want to be with has all these amazing qualities, you got to make sure that you're not just sitting at home waiting for them. You have to, you got to get off your butt and get a life and just go find interest and spend time with people and invest more time in your friendships and your family. Create new goals for yourself. Discover new hobbies. Get your finances together. Focus on your health and your well-being and just be coming this happy, solid, secure, stable person who could have anything that they want and chooses to be with the partner that they have. Nobody wants to be depended on. You don't want to be codependent. You want to feel like you're a choice to someone, not that they have to be with you, but that they want to. Even though they have all this great stuff going on in their life, they, out of all the people in the world, they want to be with you every day. And that's an amazing feeling. And last step, number seven, is to be open to new connections but remain unattached. The best things come when you're not forcing them. So that means if you're putting out all this positive, expansive energy into the world, you're going to receive more of that back. And that doesn't just mean in terms of dates. It could mean friendships. It could mean new networking opportunities or business opportunities or just new people. And when you're putting out that positive energy, good things are going to come back to you. So you need to remain unattached to your goal of finding your soulmate. Don't just go on the hunt everywhere, just looking, 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 looking for someone to date. And don't spend all your time on apps, swiping left or right based on a picture. It's just, (laughs) it doesn't seem like the wisest way to find your soulmate. But just keep working on yourself. Know that you've already asked the universe for exactly what you want and that it's coming. But be open to anything coming your way that feels good. Make sure that you feel good, that you're in a good place, that you feel aligned and happy and vibrant, and you'll be amazed at what comes to you. But first you have to decide that you're done with the old patterns from before. You need to decide if it's time to leave your current relationship in order to open up space for something new and better. Make a list of the qualities that you're looking for and why they matter to you. Put that letter away safely because you have currently asked the universe for what you want and now you're ready to receive it. Then focus on yourself and spend time with you. That's the most important part. Whatever you see externally first happens internally. So you can't just buy a new pair of shoes and be a new person. It doesn't work like that. You have to change who you are on the inside and then everything on the outside will follow suit. And then last, be open, be grateful, and make sure that you're not trying to force anything. Allow. Being in a state of allowing and going with the flow, it should feel easy and fun. So (laughs) that was a long podcast. Thank you for listening. I just feel really passionate about this because I know what it's like to be in a relationship or to be single and to feel just kind of hopeless and feeling like I'm going to be alone forever. You know, I know what that feels like. And I know it feels kind of scary because nobody wants to be, I mean, no, people do want to be alone. Don't get me wrong. But I'm saying that for the people who are searching for a long-term partner or to get married and start a family and all that, it can feel kind of scary. It can feel like if I leave this person, no one else will ever love me. And I know we've all thought that and it's ridiculous. (laughs) We've all been there. 
So just realize you're human and get honest with yourself and realize that your whole life could change in a couple days, honestly. If you get clear and you stop your bad habits in their tracks and you become open to receiving, you could meet your soulmate today. So don't block yourself. Get out there, enjoy your life, get in the flow, and I hope you have a great day. Thanks so much.